you for tuning in to Season 2 of Frequency 103. My name is Mariah, and with me I have my two friends, Mikey and Derek. This is a show that discusses music, lifestyle, and everything in between. What a day it has been. Mercury Retrograde has been kicking our asses. Oh my god. But today we are sitting down with the one and only Dexter Fizz. You. What's up? AKA Tim, AKA my brother, Little T, Tom, Tim, Tim, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. We are happy to be with you guys today and talk to Tim about some of his upcoming projects and some things that he's done in the past and what his life has been like and what his background's been um, up to this leading point. Um, so Tim, tell us a little bit about ourselves for those of listeners of ours that don't really know who you are as a person. Yeah, so I'm Tim. I'm uh, Mariah's brother. I'm also known as Dexter Fizz. I am a artist, rapper, somewhat of a producer, singer, what have you. Uh, I went to University of Maryland College Park and yeah, I, I've been making music since I was like 14, I guess, not seriously, but I, I made a full body of work when I was 20. Uh, some people, I guess we call it a cult classic. Uh, it's titled The Joy of Thinking Big. Um, and if you haven't heard it, check it out. But I've also put out a lot of stuff since then, and we'll get to it today in this interview. Nice, yes, sir. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, start things off, ah, to start things off, tell us uh, how you got the name Dexter Fizz. Yeah, that's a great question, man. So, First got the name Dexter Fizz. Uh, took it from one of my favorite childhood movies, Good Burger. Classic. The main character, his name was Dexter. And uh, the fry cook, who was also in the movie, I guess working alongside of him when he got the role of the uh, Good Burger, his name was Fizz. So I put both together and I was just like, man, this this just sounds smooth. So I've just been rolling with it ever since. Nice, nice. Hell yeah. Dexter yeah. Fizz, I love that movie. So, uh, Tim, um, mm-hmm. you're from Maryland, mm-hmm. started rapping when you were in your teens, yeah. and you started taking it a little bit more seriously in your 20s. Is there anything that you would say kind of had an impact, and what encouraged you to take your music career a little bit more seriously at that age? Yeah, absolutely. Just like uh, at that point in time, like I've been through a lot of uh, living, I thought, and I had a lot to say. It wasn't me just trying to rap to sound cool. It was like... I had a message. I had something that I wanted other people to hear, and I felt that they would be able to connect to. And I had more of a purpose and drive, I felt like, to get my message out. So from there, I just started to really go after it. Um, And I I thought that it was just like something that was worth my time doing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, uh, who influenced you growing up? You know, uh, writing and producing. Yeah. Uh, I was listening to a lot of Jay-Z, DMX, Q-Tip, Tribe, Outkast, everything that was popping up then too, like, a lot of just, I like Sheik Luge, I like D-Block too, yeah, Jadakiss was fire. Hell yeah. Yeah. (coughs) Tupac, Big, Usual Suspects, you know. So Um, you really resonate with the artists on the East Coast more than the West Coast? Right, yeah. I didn't really listen to a lot of Snoop because he wasn't played heavy around where I was at. Like, a lot of my friends listen to Jay-Z and Biggie. 
and tribe so that's like literally all i was listening to um for the most part until i like started to branch out and listen to other artists like when i started to dive into what i liked a lot i mean i listened to dipset heavily i listened to lupe for sure i'm sure there's a lot of artists that i'm missing too ghostface for sure uh eric sermon was good too Farrell Monch, Far Side. Yeah. yeah. Elzai, Fire. Well, Far Side's actually West Coast. West Side, uh, yeah, it's West Coast. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I listen um, to them, though. So, Tim, um, so you rap. I do. You dabble in a little bit of producing your own stuff. And yeah. Beats. You actually had uh, a beat tape come out not too long ago, um, and that's available on Bandcamp. Right, yeah, I put it out. It was literally just a bunch of, like, sounds and loops and, I guess, uh, clips that I really liked. And I put them together and made it a beat tape. Uh, but, yeah, I had it out on SoundCloud before. But the next project that I'm working on with uh, Mike, my friend from high school, a.k.a. Hunted Hobbs, is going to be on SoundCloud. And I'm trying to, like, get a lot of plays for it and get paid. So I wasn't trying to have a lot of copywritten music because of, like, the samples that I took on my SoundCloud. So I took it off there. But if you want to listen to it, it's on my band camp. Okay, we'll put the yeah, link I'll put the link up. Solid. Uh, so people can see. Um, so you mentioned Hunted Hobbs. Right. Um, I've noticed Mikey and I are listening to a lot of your songs on the way up here to your mm-hmm. house. Um, and we listen to Steeple. We listen to Cherry Garcia. We listen to On Your Mind. We listen to Gas, Rigatoni. And we noticed a lot of these uh, artists that you have features on your uh, songs and in the albums are your close friends, people that you've grown up with that are local right. artists. Right. Um, and we really, we talked about how we really like that. We like that you really incorporate other people that you came up with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just shows that you're like, you're not a selfish person. You know, you, you put, you're putting yourself on, but you're also supporting your friends too. And like supporting their career and their aspirations. So we think that's pretty dope too. Well, thanks. <clears throat> you don't really see that in an industry like today where people are always competing against one another and being mm-hmm. fake and phony. Do you think that, um, do you think that you would consider you're like an on the scene type of artist or do you try to try to lay low and keep to yourself more so yeah no exactly that like i don't like to i guess be on the scene because at that point it's like you're just making music to appeal to other people which i mean the grand scheme of things that's what sells people like doing that but the way i approach it is like i want to stay true to myself and my craft and what i like to do like if i like the way it sounds i like it it may not be for everybody but somebody's going to appreciate it and it's art right like it, it's going to resonate with somebody it's going to have an impact on somebody's life um but yeah when you i guess get warped up into the scene a lot of times people get lost in that and they lose the definition of themselves and it's like literally just they're putting up a front to fit in where they may not even be accepted if they were themselves so i just like to stay to myself and be myself um, and people appreciate it. And so I'm just going to keep doing it. True that, true that. Now, do you, would you consider yourself like a, you know, the a DMV rapper? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, would you group yourself in that or would you try to say, you know, it's more than just what DMV is and yeah. elaborate? So I, I respect the DMV, I do as a whole, but I feel like it's a lot more than just labeling yourself as a DMV artist just because a lot of people fabricate a lot of the shit that they talk about and shit that they do when they rap and they like to to copy other people's sound and it's just really transparent nowadays like you can see what's real what's not 
half the time. And when you can't, it's just like, it's not genuine. So I don't, I don't know. But I like to say that I'm a male and rapper, right? Um, and I think that's the best way to, to go about it because a lot of times when you try to like group everybody's sound together, you miss over a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like a Virginia rapper from like Richmond is going to sound completely different if you like you tap into like a Baltimore rapper. For sure. But yeah. like people will say, oh, it's the DMV. Completely different sounds. Like that's like trying to say Baltimore Club is like go go. Mm-hmm. You feel me? <laughs> yeah. Like, like people looking in from like California, they may just see us as like DMV artists because it's such a small area compared to California. Yeah. But you got too many different pockets to sound. Mm-hmm. So I'll just try and label myself a Maryland rapper, if anything, um, regardless for whatever people may take that as. But you're not only a Maryland rapper; you've also had um, some some fan base in Japan. Do right. you want to tell us a little bit about your experience and opportunities uh, traveling overseas? Yes, I mean it all started off when I put out a, uh, a project on SoundCloud titled Seven Thirteen, which came out like, damn. That's it's like four, four or five years ago. But I put that project out and it was like pretty much with a bunch of producers that knew of me. And I guess they had like good presences on um, SoundCloud. So I put that out and then a lot of other producers since then have been reaching out to me and sending me beats and stuff um, to work with them. And one of the producers that I worked with was Cram from Japan. Uh, it's Kenji, what up Kenji? He uh, sent me like 20 beats. And at first we were just making a bunch of songs uh, we had an EP together, and then we had, like, a bunch of singles for his own individual projects that he put out. And then we made, like, it was, like, 19, 20 tracks where it was, like, a good, solid body of work. And he had connections to some independent labels in Japan, so he shopped it around. And he got us a couple of deals with independent labels. And uh, we made a project titled Transmen in 1990 Waves that came out on Black Mixed Juice, uh, which is an independent label in Japan. And it was in like Tower Records. Uh, they were playing it over there. People bought it, and it got to the point where I could go out there. And I was fortunate enough to do shows. So in 2016, I did a little mini tour in Japan. I hit up uh, Shibuya, Fukuoka, Osaka, and did shows there. It was it was a great time. I was out there for about a month. And being like an independent artist and not really signing to like a major label myself, I'm not signed to a label. It's just a crazy experience to be able to do that and have your music travel like yeah. to different countries. Oh, yeah. It's like Chance the Rapper with Acid Rock. Yeah, yeah. that's nuts. Do you think he kind of had an influence or an impact on your, your uh, path or no? Not really, because like when I started doing what I was doing, Chance wasn't really like relevant. He wasn't popping. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about him. I heard Acid Rap. I thought it was a dope project, but like I was making music before Acid Rap it came out. Um, but one person that I say that did kind of influence my trajectory and how I wanted to approach music was like Dom Kennedy, uh, just because he did his own thing and he wasn't signed to a major label, but he still had like heads listening to him. Him and uh, Tyler, the creator, I guess, would say the way that they approached it definitely, definitely like made me think that I don't need this signed to a label to get what I'm trying to say out, even though I had had like labels that are kind of big reach out to me to do stuff I just didn't really want to partake in small deals where I'd have to give over literally my art to somebody else to try and push yeah true 
Yeah. Well, we just talking about that last episode too. Who's it? Uh, De La Soul, mm-hmm. and they're out. There are legal issues with their uh, their old label. Their music is cause... about to be available on like streaming platforms, mm-hmm. and their label that they were signed to at the time wants to take ninety percent of the revenue. Exactly. Um, and it's just insane. Like, how could you? How could you even demand that much from the artists themselves? Exactly. When they push it's their the, music, they, they, it's their craft. It's like literally their own body of work. And that's like one thing I don't want to ever have to subject my my music to, um, and that's why I like being independent for the most part. But if a and if a label does like say we'll give you full creative control, we'll give you your masters of your work, and we want to help you out, and they have like an actual plan put in place, I may try and talk to them. But as of right now, I'm just like chilling. Yeah. You know. Word up, word up, and you've also have a lot of people supporting you as well like from your friends and the producers that you've been working with right. um i know you have a project coming out this year with your friend mike also known as hunt it Hobbs. do you <laughs> want to s- tell us a little bit about that upcoming project that you guys are working yeah, on yeah yeah it's going to be uh four to six songs um we got a bunch of producers on there we got mad bliss on one track and a couple other producers uh, it's going to be like really bouncy it's got a lot of nice cuts on there that I think people will catch on to. Um, but so typically I like to, you may see me on like some jazzy boom bap type of beats, but if you tapped into my SoundCloud, you'll notice that I switch it up and I make more, I guess, bouncy music too. That's like catchy. Um, and I feel like me and Hunter Hobbs really tried to push for that on this latest project of ours. We made something that we think sounds good. Uh, and I'm excited for you guys to hear it. There's no release date for that? Not yet. We're still getting everything mixed and mastered. Oh, Nick Noel, he's actually mixing and mastering everything. Okay. He's working on that now. And the he same guy. stuff on um, I Can't Love You Forever. Yeah. Too, right? Yeah, he made a bunch yeah. of the beats. Your it was like came out in 2017. Yeah, him him and uh, Snub Nose Frankenstein produced like damn near that whole entire EP. Yeah, their album was real, real solid stuff. Hell yeah. What else you got? What else you got? Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Oh, straight. Oh, no. So he makes other stuff, too. Like, he's a producer, Nick Noel. He makes, uh, like, I guess it would be, like, considered EDM, trap, fusion, really bouncy music. His his group's called Run It. Um, Check him out on SoundCloud, R-U-N-N-I-T. Really solid stuff. Hell, yeah. Uh, what else you got planned for 2019? Uh, just ideas or oh, know, yeah. any, anything? So, so you got the project coming out, so what else? Got the project coming out. Um, me and Cram also are working on some other stuff, too. I don't know if it's going to drop this year, just because we got a lot of stuff that we're trying to put together. But I'm also trying to get a mini tour going out in Japan again, if not this year, the beginning of next year, with me, uh, Ferg, also known by the name of Nimbus, um, Cram's going to be involved. I want to try and get Bugsheet involved and also the label I put up. My last project out with, um, the I Died Here project, Extra Lovely, they're trying to get involved too. So I may try and piece together like a tour in Japan again with them and Hunter Hobbs, which should be tight. Um, and we're in the works of working on that. So that's that's something I'm looking forward to. That's for this year? That's for this year or like early next year. Okay. Yeah, but everybody has to be on the same page and like the money's got to be right too. So we're trying to figure that out now. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, that's dope, Tim. Yeah, we really um are glad we were able to sit down and talk with you today for our very first interview. Um, yeah. And it's been 
quite a learning experience to say the Ooh. least <laughs> uh, yeah quite the struggle uh, is there anything that you would say uh, people should really walk away with um, after listening to this do you have any words of advice for any aspiring young artists or musicians or anyone just trying to uh, chase a goal of theirs and accomplish something in life yeah just I guess don't give up don't you know, get too stressed out over it, you know, uh, it takes time to really figure out your voice and what you want to do, what you want to say and the path you want to take with it. And if you know off the rip, that's good for you too. But just don't be afraid to fail, right? That's like the biggest piece of advice I could tell you. Be creative, be yourself, be authentic. You know, there's only one Jay-Z, there's only one Two Chains, and there's only one you. Like, you have your own story to tell. It's up to you to decide how you want to try and phrase it and just embody that, you know? Be comfortable in your own skin. It's hard to do at times, I'm sure, if you, like, doubt yourself or your craft, but just know that everybody started somewhere, and you got to do it, too. Right. Just don't give up. I like that. Deep. That's deep right there. I feel that on so many levels. Uh, um, it's unfortunate our uh, co-host Derek wasn't able to join us today. We um, we actually had recorded two previous versions of this. Guys, <laughs> and I am so sorry if I sound defeated right now, but I am <laughs> defeated. I am so hurt. We're trying to stay positive. Hurt, but we are going to try to stay positive because we got Tim on here, and it's been a great interview. I'm just trying to think of all the other things that we discussed because we discussed so many great things. Um, Tim, how, how long does it take you to write an EP or write an album or complete a project? Uh, it depends, like, what type of beats I'm working on. But I write songs really fast, right? So I could write, like, a four-track EP in, like, less than a day if I really wanted to. I've done it before, too. Um, it's all about how I feel and how I approach something, right? Like, typically when I go into projects, uh, I have inspiration from, like, my life or shit that I'm going through or shit that my friends are going through. And it just flows out. Like, I don't have to try hard at all. It's just natural. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've even like freestyled verses and songs, and it just works. You listen to the beat first, or you write something then find the beat. Uh, it depends. Like if I'm like driving around and I'm feeling something I have like repeated in my head, like a whole verse, mm -hmm. I'll write it down, and then I'll see if it works on a beat, or if like I hear a beat and I'm like, okay, this shit speaks to me. I know exactly what I want to say on it. I'll just flat out write a verse. Yeah. Like you could ask like Nora. You could ask fucking Hunter Hobbs. They'll tell you, like, I, I usually just write my verses real quick. I don't think too hard about them. Um, the ones that are, like, really hard to write, for the most part, are the ones that, like, I'm trying to phrase something a certain way where it's more so catchy and appealing, mm -hmm. you know, versus just being, like, a flow. Yeah, because you got to structure it a different way. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Now, what, uh, what helps you push through writer's block as all artists go through at some point in time? Yeah, so just living, man. Like, stepping back, going to hang out with my friends, doing something else besides trying to force myself to write. That's, like, the one thing you don't want to do because then you'll make something that you don't like and you'll not be happy with it, and it's not genuine. Um, a lot of my music comes from a really genuine place, a really, like, deep place inside of me where it's either me reflecting on my life in other instances. So it's like, I'm not about to force that shit yeah. at all. Uh, but if I have like writer's block or I ever feel like I'm 
stuck in a place, I'll step away, uh, do something outside of that. Like I'll cook, I'll go hang out with my friends. Like I said, play a video game, read a book, live life. Hit that um, reset button. Exactly. Like yeah. there's so much more than than just like focusing in on one thing. And I think that's like what gets hard for certain artists, right? Like they'll feel the need to create because they're put under time constraints of a label or they need to have something done for a project and they push themselves. And it's not always the best thing. Like it comes out strained or it's not exactly what they're looking for, you know? Yeah. But you gotta, you gotta be able to hit that reset button, like you said. Definitely. I definitely think that's key too. It's key. Mikey, is there anything else you wanna discuss with Tim while we have him here? No, I think for we the covered. fourth or fifth time. <laughs> we covered a lot today. Uh, no. I just, yeah, let us know. Uh, all your your handles for social media so people can follow you whoever's listening yeah absolutely um so dexter fizz on literally anything uh d-e-x-t-e-r-f-i-z-z instagram twitter and soundcloud yeah we'll be sure if you guys want to um follow us on twitter at frequency 103 we'll probably tweet him and at him as well so it'll be easy to find right uh, thanks again for tuning in um, and listening and checking out this interview that we have with Dexter Fizz. We plan on doing a lot more like this, but this is a very special one, um, very close to our hearts. So thanks again, Tim, for taking the time out of your day to yes, sir. give us a little insight you. about yeah. who you are as a musician, um, a very talented musician, might I add. So um, and it's unfortunate Derek couldn't be on this one, but we'll be sure to catch him on the future ones as well. Uh, my name is Mariah. I'm Mikey. Yeah, I'm Dexter Fizz. Thanks for having me. Right. Appreciate it. Bye, guys. Peace. Bash, 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 knocking, her titties popping. We out here, gin and tonic, panties dropping. Man of the year, I'm iconic. You see, you're watching, bet that cuff your bitch. If she with it, I'ma split it, put it on her lips. She know I'm so player. Touch nigga never a trader. Can't drop me over the Lakers. Hit the gas in your ass later. She know I'm so player. Touch nigga never a trader. Can't drop me over the Lakers. Hit the gas in your ass later. I just be hitting the gas. Yeah, it's be all on the brakes. I been on this shit early. You know for you it's too late. I just be hitting the gas. Yeah, it's be all on the brakes. I been on this shit early. You know for you it's too late. Caught three bodies in three hours, I need more rubbers Hit her cousin and her cousin, roping undercovers That's a family affair, I ain't doing no reunion They all Catholics, do be sipping handy for communion She be rolling sticks up, suck me till she hiccups And she got a big butt, no mask but she gives it up She be rolling sticks up, suck me till she hiccups And she got a big butt, no mask but she gives it up I just be hitting the gas Yes, yeah, be all on the brakes. I've been on this shit early. You know, for you it's too late. I just be hitting the gas. Yes, yeah, be all on the brakes. I've been on this shit early. You know, for you it's too late. I've been on